Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hi friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Brohl. Today we're continuing our discussion through the book of Matthew, and we're on Matthew chapter 4. If you're brand new to the show, or if you haven't joined us before, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the last couple of episodes, because what we're doing is an introduction to the Gospels. We're going through one passage at a time and breaking it down to make sure that you don't miss some of the things that are often missed when we read quickly through the Gospels. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version today, and I'm starting at verse 1. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him along into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If You are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will give his angels orders concerning you, and on their hands they will lift you up, so that you do not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him along to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Go away, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and began to serve him. There's a couple things in this passage, these short 11 verses, that I want to make sure you understand as we read this together. The first is, it's kind of interesting that the ministry of Jesus is essentially starting in the desert, just like John's did. Yesterday, we read about John the Baptist and how he had baptized Jesus and the beginning of his ministry was in the wilderness. If you want to learn more about why that's significant, you can listen to yesterday's episode. But it's also a way that Matthew is using to contrast Jesus to Israel. Remember, when Israel was in the wilderness, they were disobedient to God. But what we see today is when Jesus is in the wilderness, he's obedient to God. And that leads us to this undercurrent that we see throughout the book of Matthew, where Matthew is contrasting the Messiah, Jesus, to Israel. And he's showing the differences in the way that this Messiah is upholding God's will and plan. Also, it's the first time in Matthew's gospel that we see the devil. And later he's called Satan. But this temptation by the devil is something that we're going to see throughout Matthew's gospel and actually throughout all the gospels. It's not the only time that this happens. It's just the first time that it happens. Temptation by the devil. That word, that word temptation can actually mean test or tempt. Either way, it's clearly an attempt by the enemy to get Jesus to go against God. Temptation tries to get someone's behavior to go against God. But don't forget what it said at the beginning of this passage, that Jesus was led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness. So at least on some levels, this was also a test. 
a test tries to get someone to prove their faithfulness to God with the intention that the person is going to pass the test. And we see testing throughout the Old Testament where God has tested his servants. The testing of Jesus in the wilderness tells us a couple things. We learn that the true battle is in the heart, or I guess you could say the mind. For Jesus, the battle is not against Rome, as many of the Jews would have thought. Or it's not even against the religious leaders like what we saw yesterday. The battle is with this unseen enemy, the devil. And quite honestly, it's not that much different for you and me. Who was the devil? Well, in the Old Testament, his name was Satan, which means the accuser. In the New Testament, we see him as this evil presence that's always coming against the kingdom of God. And he's called a couple things. Matthew calls him the devil. In John, he's called the evil one. In Ephesians, he's called the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Acts, he's called Satan. In Revelation, he's even called the dragon or the serpent. And there's a lot of allusion to the serpent throughout the Gospels. And in today's context, I would say that the devil is that voice or that presence that is in opposition to God's voice or God's presence. And that can look a lot of different ways. Often people will ask, how can I know the difference between God's voice, the devil's voice, and my own voice? Well, the enemy's voice is always going to be in opposition to what God wants or God's voice. And the primary way that God speaks to us is through his word. And so if you are struggling to understand if it's God speaking or the enemy speaking, I would encourage you to hold up that message to the word of God, because God is not going to speak contrary to his word. In fact, it's impossible for him to do that. God never changes. And so if you are struggling to understand something, the primary lens you need to look at that through is through the scriptures. Moving on to verse two, I want to make note about this number 40. The number 40 was symbolic in the Hebrew culture, and it's a parallel to a couple other events that we see in the Old Testament. We see the number 40 in the life of Moses, the life of Elijah, the life of Ezekiel. We see the 40 years and the wandering in the wilderness. 40 often symbolize this preparation for the significant move of God in the life of his people. And then we see this idea of fasting. Now, if you're new to fasting or you'd like more resources on fasting, we did a whole week series on fasting last year. You can still find that content on the Hearing Jesus podcast. But fasting is essentially a way to focus your attention in prayer. It's a way to discipline the body. And the Jews, in fact, saw it as a way to unite the soul and the body. Often what would happen after a baptism, now typically baptisms, especially at that time, they were baptizing a lot of Gentiles that were converting to Judaism. And so what they would do after the baptism is they would go into a period of fasting. So both of those things are consistent with the behavior we see in Jesus. He's just gotten baptized. Jesus is getting ready for this period of ministry. And so it's a reality that he likely would want to fast and get his heart and mind focused on God's will for his life. I want to point out a couple things in verse three and verse six that we see. Now, Jesus is fasting. He hasn't eaten anything in 40 days. He's likely very, very hungry. And then the devil comes along and and he starts to tempt him. First, he says in verse three, if you were the son of God, command that these stones become bread. The enemy's attacks are targeted. What works for me when he tempts me or he attacks me might not work for you. He's crafty and he's targeted. But then in verse six, the devil says, if you're in the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. And then he goes to on to misuse scripture. But either way, we see that the enemy does not deny that Jesus is the son of God. 
He doesn't doubt that. And he doesn't try to get Jesus to doubt that. Instead, what he's doing is he's trying to get Jesus to misuse his identity as a son of God. As the prince of this world, yes, we cannot deny that the enemy has power, but his power is limited, especially when it comes to sons and daughters of God. He has to manipulate you or your mind in order to be effective. What might that look like in our own lives? See, I have to believe that if you're closer to God, to hear his voice more clearly. And for many of us as believers, the devil doesn't even bother to get us to try to doubt our identity as sons and daughters of God. Instead, he tries to misuse our identity as a son or daughter. Just something to meditate on today. And one of the reasons why we have to be really firm in our identity in Christ. In verse six, he also talks about throwing yourself down. And what he's doing in this verse is he is quoting or misquoting Psalm 91, where the psalmist is showing God's protection and care for the faithful ones in Israel using the angels. And this is a perfect example of twisting scripture and how the enemy is trying to manipulate Jesus using the Bible. You know, it's a really sad reality that a lot of people, including in our churches sometimes, they try to manipulate the scripture. I call this tactic cherry picking, where they will take a a verse and try to assign it to their own agenda and manipulate the text. That's why it's so important to read the scriptures within the context of scripture. I always say that it's better to always read scripture at least one paragraph or one paracope at a time. And the reason for that is because it gives you context around what was happening. There are so many scriptures that if you take them out of context, they could be manipulated and they can manipulate our behavior. And so be very, very careful when somebody is just pulling one verse out of here and one verse out of there, because it might sound good at first, but read it in the context of what it was originally written. In verse seven, we see Jesus respond to this tactic. And what does he do? He responds to scripture. See, Jesus knew the scriptures. Jesus likely had committed the Torah. Well, not likely. He did commit the Torah to heart. And the Psalms was the prayer book and the hymn book of Jesus. So when the enemy threw that out, Jesus knew that he was misquoting scripture. And Jesus responds to scripture. Again, the scriptures are the primary way that God speaks to us. And it's the best way to combat the voice of the enemy. The other thing I want to mention is Jesus was never alone. We know that the Holy Spirit was with him. We saw in yesterday's passage that the Holy Spirit had descended on Jesus in the form of a dove. And God said, this is my son and with whom I am well pleased. We know from that point forward, the Holy Spirit was empowering Jesus. And if we are believers from the time we receive salvation, we also receive the Holy Spirit. And so we also are never alone. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And so while Jesus was never alone in his temptation, he relied on the power of the Holy Spirit to fight that temptation. And that's what enabled him to resist some very real temptations for him. So can we. And I think it's important to point out that if Jesus was tempted, we will be too. But we are not powerless against those temptations. We fight that through the word of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit. So given that insight, I want to go back and reread Matthew chapter four, starting at verse one, verses one through 11. It says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. 
Then the devil took him along into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will give his angels orders concerning you and on their hands, they will lift you up so that you do not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him along to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, go away, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and began to serve him. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the way that you reveal yourself to us through your word. God, we see your presence with Jesus that enabled him to fight that temptation and the way that you use your word to help us fight back when those temptations come. Lord, help us to recognize that even Jesus was tempted and the temptation itself is not a sin. It's the behavior afterwards. And God, whether it is a temptation from the enemy or a test from God, help us to remember that we are not facing those things alone, that we can fight it through the word of God And through the presence and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we can battle in a way that brings victory. God, I thank you for my friend today that may be listening to this podcast and maybe is being tempted right now or may soon be facing a temptation. God, help them to remember that they are not going through this alone. Lord, I thank you for your presence in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, friends, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, friends, before you go, I want to make sure you know about our Patreon page. The Patreon page is really a place to gain all sorts of resources specifically for the Hearing Jesus podcast and the Hearing Jesus for Kids podcast. There's a specific and dedicated private Facebook group, which is a place for me to interact with you, to pray with you, to answer questions. I'd love it for you to join us there. And there's also another level that gives you the inside scoop on everything else that's going on. The journaling prompts are there. If you've been with us for some time, you know that I usually do journaling prompts that helps us get that information from the head to the heart. We have a downloadable daily prayer prompt that helps you get that information processed in a way that it affects your daily life. There's also a Bible reading tracker on there. There's bonus episodes, lots of things on an ongoing basis, a place where you can get all the resources to help you grow in your faith. And the second thing I want to mention to you is the Dawn app which if you've never heard of that before, I have good news for you. I just recently recorded a series for the Dawn app and also did some writing for them. And it's a daily Bible study and prayer app that is completely free. The link for that is in the show notes. And then the last thing I'm super excited about, I want to tell you that we're going to start having opportunities for travel. This is going to look a couple different ways, depending on what you're looking for, but it's going to cover things like mission trips in-person retreats, and also eventually a Bible study trip to Rome. What I'm doing right now is I'm getting everybody's contact information so we can start communicating about what that might look like. So if you are interested in any of that, you can head to shehears.org for more information. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. 
You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going.